Oil pollution is a significant environmental threat that many people overlook. Specifically, few individuals consider the fate of used motor lubricating oil that is drained from machines and automobiles. In South Africa, where according to reports we have over 12 million registered vehicles and more than 3,000 registered workshops, the automotive industry generates substantial volumes of used oil. Now, recently, the South African government gazetted a formal notice requesting lubricant oil producers to implement additional measures as part of the Extended Producer Responsibility, or EPR, in the sector. And today, we have Bubele Nyiba, CEO of the Rose Foundation, to talk to us about the hazardous effect of lubricant oil and what EPR means for the industry. Now, Bubele, if you dispose of one liter of used oil improperly, it can pollute a million liters of water. That's the stats that's out there. So can you tell us why it's important to handle used oil carefully and what the role of the Rose Foundation is? The Rose Foundation was formed in 1994 to divert oil from polluting the environment, whether it's water, or whether it's soil, because the oil, once it becomes used it, in the use of the oil, it degenerates. So its properties become toxic and dangerous to humans and to nature. And therefore, it needs to be uh, rounded up and collected and disposed of correctly. So that is why we exist. And that is what we encourage people to do to ensure that oil is not thrown away anywhere, whether on the ground or into water streams or into drains that it is in fact uh, collected, or if the people don't know, then they can get hold of us and we can advise them correctly what to do. Do you know or can you tell us how much used oil is out there in South Africa every year? Or I mean, just if you've got any type of indication of volume? Yes, yes. We estimate it to be about 120 million liters of oil annually that is available in South Africa to be collected and to be recycled. And now, I mean, we've now just seen that the formal notice was gazetted. In terms of this, you know, for EPR, is this good or bad for the industry? And I'm talking specifically also oil producers and users. What are your thoughts on that? This is a, a positive legislation. Uh, the industry views it as a positive legislation. Just ensures that uh, everybody does the right thing. So one of the purposes of the legislation is to really say to every producer of oil that you cannot just fold your arms and hope that somebody else is doing your job for you in looking after your product. In the oil lubricant industry specifically, uh, we formed the Rose Foundation 29 years ago. But it is also true that not everybody was participating in the voluntary scheme that we had to collect oil. So other people were sitting on the sideline. So the legislation now makes it compulsory for everybody where in the past it was just voluntary. And I'm proud to say that all the major oil players in South Africa, everyone that you can think of, the big brands that you see on the road, every one of them are part of the Rose Foundation and have been part and are founding members of the Rose Foundation some 29 years ago. So if you can maybe just remind us what exactly needs to happen as part of extended producer responsibility, what are some of the steps on how oil should be stored, collected, etc.? We start with producers. So the producers all firstly need to be part of a system like the Rose Foundation. If they don't like what we have, they can form their own one. But producers cannot 
not be part of a scheme like the Rose Foundation. So that's the first thing for producers. That means that within six months of the promulgation of the law, all producers of oil must register with the Department of uh, Forestry, Fisheries and Environment. So everybody is, uh, is accountable. And then the Rose Foundation ensures that there are collectors out there who are going around to places like workshops, mines, factories, depots. Uh, if you think of bus depots where buses have got workshops and being fixed in that oil. So that oil is collected in a responsible manner by people who are registered with the Rose Foundation. So we're able to have accountability. So when you're asking me, so how much oil collects it and how it is, so that we can even give assurance to, to everybody, to every citizen of the country, that the oil is not being thrown away, it's not damaging the environment, that actually the producers take positive steps to clean up the environment. As you know, everybody's worried about the environment. It's getting dirtier, and it's really to secure the future of our children. If we don't look after the environment, there will be nothing left for them even when we're gone. So it's very important that um, oil is um, is collected, but it's not only just collected because it's hazardous. So it can't be collected by any and everybody. So there are right ways of doing things and there are not so right ways of doing things. There's training that people need to have. There's uh, some licenses that people need to have from their local municipalities. They need to have the correct vehicles, like correct licenses, the correct kits, uh, in case there should be a spill. You know, they need to know uh, if oil touches their skin, you know, what are the first eight steps that they need to do. So there's a, a bit of knowledge that one needs to have. It's not onerous, but you need to know what you're doing when you're handling oil. So now that it is compulsory, do you actually feel that we might see a rise in potential businesses who want to collect oil and want to register to become an approved and licensed collector? Well, I think that there might not necessarily be a rise in new businesses, but there'll be more accountability from the existing businesses. So those people who are going around collecting oil and who are doing it uh, out of sight of an industry body like Rose, now will have to come forward and account for what they're doing with that oil. So we will have a, a more of a full account as a country about what exactly, who exactly is collecting oil and where is it going. And we are one of the very few countries in the world where EPR is law. And we probably, if I were to rank ourselves, we probably are, are probably the third, third best country in doing this all around the world. I would think on top of that list would be Italy, followed by maybe Australia and then us, and then maybe after us and then Canada. So we're doing something that is really world-class here in South Africa. And when we go around the world and we get invited to explain what we do and how we're doing it, and we're finding that it is really world-class. And therefore, we encourage people to know that this, what we do, is something that is very important to the environment and people are envious of what we do. So we can't do less of it. We must do more of it. You mentioned that within six months of the promulgation of the law, all oil producers need to be, you know, part of a scheme or registered in order for them to show that they are handling it correctly. But I would like to understand from you, I mean, what would be the cost of non-compliance? So now that it is promulgated as law, what would it mean for producers who aren't compliant? Well, the law now specifies penalties. So it becomes a criminal offence 
to not participate. So um, you could end up, uh, actually the CEO of a company or the owner of a company could end up literally in jail, uh, you know, up to 15 years or even face a fine of up to 5 million rands. So there are some stiff penalties for people who want to look the other way or who do not want to implement the law as it has been stipulated. So in the past, you could do nothing and nothing would happen to you. But now there are some very, very serious consequences. And we're not in the business of trying to get anyone into trouble as at the Rose Foundation. That is why we go out and we tell people what, inform people of what the right thing it is to do so that they do not inadvertently get themselves breaking the law because sometimes you can break the law unknowingly but unfortunately in the way that laws are implemented lack of knowledge of the law is no excuse i mean i do think that there's also an education piece and you've been in existence for 29 years so there's been a lot of time that has passed for people to be aware of how they can actually manage this better but as you say not knowing is is definitely not going to get you out of trouble what does the Rose Foundation do also to make sure that it's well known in the industry on how this should be handled and that the information is out there for the public? Yeah, so we engage in a lot of uh, public awareness campaigns. We have, uh, we have slots on radio stations, we publish news articles, we speak to radio shows like yourselves. We, uh, we inform people, we publish our website. We do quite a bit to create awareness and inform the public about why. And we make our contact details publicly available on a website, on telephone, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on really in every platform that you can think of. It is very easy to get hold of us and to engage with us and to ask questions and to guide people. And we do that. We get quite a few inquiries and we guide people the right way, even at home. If somebody's got five liters of oil, if can change their oil at home. Um, we've got systems and processes where that oil can be disposed of um, correctly. Just to give you an example, so we are affiliated with an organization called the RMI. So if you see an RMI branded workshop, those places will, if you gently ask them, they will take your oil. Or even if you take your oil to an AutoZone store, we've got selected AutoZone stores that will take your oils. So there are places even to capture that just a five liter of oil that may happen at a household level, up to a factory or a mine or a workshop. Last time it was fascinating to hear about what actually happens to all the oil that's collected. So, of course, some of it needs to be disposed of properly, but it can actually also be re-refined and recycled and used. Can you maybe just tell us again what happens to the oil, what it can be used for, so that people, I mean, that would be also be an incentive for anybody to make sure that they have it collected and um, that the steps are followed. Yeah, when we speak disposal, it's probably a misnomer in the sense that uh, we, we might be suggesting that you can just go and throw it away. But uh, actually, all of the oil that is collected, all 120 million of it, has got uses very useful in the economy. So the majority of the oil is used as an industrial heating oil in furnaces and where people would use oil as a cheaper source of fuel in burning functions if you've got something to melt you know smelters or foundries or even in the brick manufacturing business kilns if you want to 
harden your bricks, make them stronger. You you need to heat them up for, for a long time, for about 24 hours. So you, so you need to use a source of fuel. So you, oil is used in those circumstances. In the printing industry, oil is used mixed with the black ink to print newspapers. So it's, it's got quite a lot of uses at, at a place like ESCOM, which is quite topical at the moment or have been for a while. They will use oil as a starter fuel. You know, everybody doesn't always realize that even the, the coal at ESCOM has to be started for it to burn, you know, to generate electricity. So you need a fuel to start that coal. So it's used in those functions as well. So there's quite a wide range of use uh, of the oil in South Africa. So that's why we encourage people to, that they know that actually it's not a, a product to be just been thrown away. It's got value and it's used in the economy as well. Thank you so much, Bubeli. I mean, the Rose Foundation has paved the way for EPR compliance since its formation. But now with the notice gazetted, it allows for the appropriate management of hazardous used oil and puts penalties in place. And like you said, you're not in the business of trying to get anybody in trouble or promoting penalties, but it does help to make sure that the, that the management is appropriate. And that was Bubele Nyiba, the CEO of the Rose Foundation.